0: You you want to see something really scary?
1: What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was.
0: I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work.
1: Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast.
0: Welcome everybody to episode 144 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni.
2: I am Taylor of Terror.
0: And we are back on our regularly scheduled program. (laughs) Program. Program. (laughs) After five long, hard weeks of Octoberama. Uh... And that was
2: neat. Taxing.
0: It was taxing. Fuck. You especially know, when I, we had
2: to do an episode on vacation.
0: Yeah, that was a pain in the, pain in the ass. Especially because I was dealing with the stress of having to fix my computer while yeah. on vacation. Um, although that wasn't the worst part, worst one, because um, it was about I guess eight years ago I was in California <clears throat> and I was staying with my grandma for about a month and i had this janky old laptop that my dad had given to me that was constantly breaking because the power port wasn't like it wasn't like uh slotted into the base of the laptop where it would be secure or like screwed down or anything like that it was basically soldered into the motherboard and that was it so
2: who came up with that idea
0: some fucking idiot toshiba apparently uh, so this thing would break all the time. Luckily, luckily I'd gotten pretty good with a soldering iron. So it's like, <laughs> I just cracked the thing open and, you know, and fix it. Um, but while I was on vacation, it had just broken like completely. Like I couldn't fix it. I had to order a completely new power port. And this was before Amazon was really how it is now. Um, I had to get, find some like third party site and order it and hope it got there. New egg or enough. something. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, luckily I had a, did I go buy a
2: soldering iron? I was gonna say, I don't imagine you took one on vacation.
0: Well, I think I may have because of the fact it was constantly breaking. Yeah. And you know, this was like a a total impromptu vacation. I had been there or I I went down there for a funeral and ended up just staying for a while. Um, and so I wasn't expecting to be down there for so long. So, so replacing a hard drive was kind of like. Child's play compared to that, yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, you know, we try to record two episodes uh every other week for Octoberama. So basically, our recording schedule is the same, but we have an episode every week. Um, and we got to do that once, right? And every the the first week, yeah. (laughs) And every other week, we had to record it every weekend, and that was yeah a pain in the ass, especially being on week on uh, vacation. So. But we did it. And here we are still just one week later.
2: Yeah. Fuck.
0: <laughs> well, it's like we should have recorded the uh, Halloween episode on vacation. On vacation, yeah. but
2: She had too much going
0: on. That was just not going to happen. When the fuck were we? I barely had time. Or I think we both barely had time to watch the two movies for week four, let alone two more movies. Well, yeah, for... we had to watch one of them on the airplane. Yeah. Um, anyway. But yes, so we are here. Uh, back on our normal schedule guys, um, we'll be uh, every other week as you've come to know and love for
2: the next 40, 48 weeks, something like that. <laughs> anyway, how's it going Taylor? Oh, pretty good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's, what's, what's new? Uh, Not much. Halloween, right? Halloween mm-hmm. has come and gone. Yeah. I hate when Halloween's during the week. Yeah. It's just
0: like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this?
2: Yeah, when I was out walking the dog last night, I saw people walking around in costume, and it's like, it's my brain was like, what are you doing? Oh, right. Last night? Yeah, people were just like, yeah, it's Friday now. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> we're going to celebrate late. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, you know, um, it's never really been like a big thing at work for people to dress up. But... Um, this girl I work with, she's kind of new in my office. She's She's been at the company for a while, but she's new in my office. And she's like, I'm trying to get everybody to dress up this year. Are you in? I'm like, uh, maybe. Because, you know, my costume had a lot of work put into it. Yeah. Like, just <clears throat> fucking like an hour's worth of makeup. <clears throat> and um, I was like, I don't know. Mine's pretty involved. I'll, I'll think about it. And then like a week later, I was like, so you you get anybody to dress up? Uh, I think this was probably Wednesday or maybe earlier in the week. She's like, did you get anybody to dress up this this week? She's like, I think so. I'm not going to be here, though. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I actually started on Thursday morning. I got up. I started
2: putting my makeup on. And then I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I thought about dressing up, but I was like, you know what? It's like... 30 degrees out and my costume is shorts yeah (laughs) and a t-shirt yeah yeah and see like for me i didn't want to have just a head full of makeup
0: and and wearing a suit all day yeah this just wasn't gonna happen so and luckily like you know i got to work and like there was this girl she basically had a blindfold and she was saying that she was sandra bullock from the from the (laughs) bird box and this other guy who' wearing a tune squad jersey just um, a jersey, just a jersey, <laughs> and I think one of our managers came in and he was dressed as like a he was wearing like a beanie that had cat ears on it, and I think he was wearing a tail. <laughs> I'm a cat, duh <laughs> but that was like the the whole of the costumes in my office, and I think like a few more people <clears throat> dressed up in our Seattle office
2: um so it's like, I would have just looked really over the top. Yeah. Yeah. We usually have a, a handful of people who dress up. Most of them are kind of half-assed. And then there's like two people who just go above and beyond. This one woman just every year wins the costume contest and just, just goes all out. Yeah. I showed you the picture. She was like a giant <clears throat> spider this year. And I'm talking like giant. Yeah. Like she kind of looked like MCP pants or something. <laughs> was it?
0: Was it kind of like a like a
2: puppetry type yeah. thing? Okay. Yeah.
0: The, the picture was kind of hard to make out what was actually going on, but yeah, that looked very involved.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, more power to her. One woman was the gum wall, <laughs> so I walked up to her and said, "Hey, hey, got a gum? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great." <laughs> <laughs> um. um
2: yeah, so I mean, what'd you end up doing on Halloween? Uh, we went to a local brewery, Stoop Brewing, brewery. and uh, brewery. They were having a a doggy costume contest, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we we put Suka in her skunk costume and took her down there. There you go. She didn't win anything, I think, because there was another skunk. I told you, man, you should have hit the owner with a pipe.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, that lead pipe you carry around. <laughs> Just like, yeah, our costume is these two skunks. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sure.
0: laughs> It's uh, Pepe Le Pew and, and
2: that cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, the cat. Like, from TV. <laughs> there was, like, one dog was the Up House. Um, then there was, like, people that had, like, a family costume with their dog. Like, there mm. was the Incredibles. And then there was, uh, like, the woman was Vanellope von Schweetz. And the guy was Wreck-It Ralph. And then the dog was Fix-It Felix. Mm. That was pretty good. Nice. Who won? um the cutest was a dinosaur the funniest was the house. overall was these two shibas dressed like papa john's delivery drivers and they had, they had a little car that went like went around them it was more the prop than the costume so i wasn't really i, I didn't i wasn't that impressed you need to get like professional costume
0: contest judges or something yeah because that's just dumb yeah yeah we didn't dress ours up this year mainly because there was no reason to and uh we couldn't find a costume for for derby because he's so little yeah but we were at uh yesterday we were out um doing uh after halloween clearance shopping and we found this little taco costume so (laughs) so next year dexter's gonna be a hot dog and derby will be a taco i think dexter should be a burrito if we can find a burrito costume, then we'll hook that up. Just like wrap them in foil. <laughs> it's so funny. We put the costume on Derby when we got home, and he it hates it. Like he does not like wearing clothes, like at all. He 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 loses a fucking mind. <laughs> he looks like a like a mental patient trying to get out of a straight coat.
2: <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think Suka likes it because I think it reminds her of her thunder shirt. Hmm. Thunder, thunder, thunder. We thunder just can't shirt. put anything on her arms. She doesn't do sleeves. Is that because of when
0: her where her
2: leg was all fucked up or just I don't because, know. Oh. I think she just has a thing about like because she doesn't like us like touching her paws either. So mm, she mm. just doesn't like her arms being constricted. Fair enough. Well, we also had our uh
0: party the previous Saturday. Yeah. Uh right after we recorded the last episode, actually. Yep. That was um much more low-key this year yeah i mean a lot of people didn't show up yeah so thanks guys (laughs) i mean seriously like half the people that like we had a facebook event half the people that said they were coming didn't show up fuckers so that's yeah that's real cool it's it's cool when people do that yeah man you know when when grown adults say hey i'm gonna come to something and then just don't show up like a teenager that's cool yeah i love it when people do it i love it (laughs) naked gun yeah Yeah, you got it. Yeah, like (laughs) the movie because I told you. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah. So Halloween was, I mean, I think the highlight was the vacation. I mean, as far as the Halloween season goes, yeah. Everything else was kind of, kind of mellow. I mean, not really a whole lot to talk about. I
2: guess. Like I mean, we went on vacation, so we didn't really do any haunts or anything when we got home. Yeah, like yeah, we did all that. Yeah, pretty much.
0: And there's just, I mean, at least for me, there's just no time. Yeah. Because I wasn't even done with my costume yet, or my wife's, um, and there was just too much shit for, like, work that I had to do. (sighs) Anyway, vacation is rough when you have a lot of other things going on. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so, episode 144, um, nothing special about this one. Not a theme. Just, no. just a regular old episode. We did. Uh, we were planning to watch uh, Color Out of Space, um, hoping that that would be released on like VOD or something by now. It was not, so we called an audible. And instead, we're going to be talking about In the Tall Grass, which is a Netflix movie. Um, anyway, but before we go any further, uh, I want to thank our Grave Diggers over on Patreon. These people every month help us out financially, keeping this. Uh, janky old show running um, helping us fix our equipment. Didn't buy a hard drive though. I should have taken advantage of that. <laughs> Gee, thanks guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I just bought it out of pocket because that's what I'm used to, but it's like, wait a minute. This is like show related. Yeah, this, is, this is what the money's for. You can write that off. If
2: we were like a business. Yeah. Our version of writing off is using the Patreon money. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh <laughs> Fuck, we might actually need that money though to pay for the film festival. Shit. Speaking of which, the Grey Plot <laughs> Film Fest, Indiegogo, is uh reaching its its final days here. We are struggling this year for whatever reason. I don't I don't really know nobody likes why. It, so. A lot of the people that donated last year have not donated this year. Um, but it is still going. Like I said, it's reaching its final days. I think it ends on the 9th. So if you want to donate, head over to indiegogo.com slash at slash gpff 2020 as little as a dollar will help um any, anything you can give and you know share tell your friends do all that stuff you can buy your tickets through indiegogo at a discount Uh, only 10 dollars instead of 12 or if by the time you're listening to this the indiegogo has ended tickets are available at uh just go to greatplotfilmfest.com and there's a link that's the easiest way yeah i mean we're planning for a 200 seat theater this
0: year but um We'll kind of see how it goes, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
2: we're going to have to uh, do much better at the marketing this year. Yeah.
0: Anyway, but our grave
2: diggers uh,
0: are the ones that do help us do this uh, every other week, um, and we are very thankful those people are. Kevin to Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. Thank you very much, guys, for all your support. It uh, really does help out. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe I'll just, uh, transfer some money to my bank account. (laughs) I probably won't. The the hard drive wasn't that much, but anyway, uh,
2: but thank you, Taylor. If anybody else wants to be a grave digger, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash grave plot podcast for as little as $1. Once again, you can get perks, including monthly video reviews of movies chosen by the grave diggers. Tony. Yes, sir. When will those be available? (laughs) I'm going to try and work on them tomorrow, provided my wife gives me some fucking room to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like we've said, you know, we do have a few that have been recorded. We just need to post them. I know we're a few months behind, but we're going to get back on track. This month should be our chance to catch up. Yeah. Um, But yeah, $1 will get you those video reviews. More you give, you can get better perks, including $100. dollars will get you a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. Live streamed for everyone to see, and we'll send you pictures so that you can hang on your wall.
0: We'll frame them. We'll f- we'll frame the picture and send it to you because that's what people want. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh you know what I think you should do. You know how um, in pictures. Wait, did I say this before? I don't know. I don't know where you're going with this. You know, like when uh, a horse will win the Kentucky Derby, they'll put like a laurel around its neck. Yeah, and take pictures. You should get like that but get like uh, like one of the Lucky Charm horseshoe marshmallows around it.
2: <laughs> we'll see.
0: It'd be fun. It'd be fun. Yeah, maybe. I told you that Matt was like excited about doing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, neat. Okay. Um, onwards? Yeah, I think so. Let's do some more business. So, you've probably heard of Mackayme Manor before—a uh, quote haunted house uh, down in Tennessee. Um, an extreme haunt. Yeah, it's it's yeah it's it's touted as an extreme haunt, um, and you know a lot of these extreme haunts are popping up around the around the country really. Um, you know, where it kind of takes the normal haunt and goes a little bit further, you know, things, but actually, you know, people will touch you. Um, you know, things things will be put on you, you know. Um, we talked about last episode. Was it last episode? Yeah, I think it was last episode. Yeah, there was one in L.A. Oh, yeah, we were
2: talking about the movie Haunt.
0: Yeah, there's one in L.A. that will... Like, L.A. L.A. Uh, that will... I don't know the context, but you will actually be not electrocuted, like, uh, but, like, they'll send an electric charge through you. And, you know, there's some kind of contact with saliva and, you know, I don't think any other bodily fluids, but definitely saliva and just icky, icky stuff. But that's like an extreme haunt. McKamey Manor, uh, which I think, aside from like blackout, is probably the first extreme haunt that I'd ever heard of. Um, But um, a local... Let's see. A local, peti- or, sorry, a petition started on change.org um, has been started to try and coax Tennessee and Alabama state officials to shut down McCamie Manor. Um, McKamey Manor is run by, uh, what's his, I can't remember his first name. I think it's Russ. Russ McKamey. Yeah, you're right. Russ McKamey. Um And he started this elsewhere. He used to live Somewhere else, like a completely different state, if I recall, San Diego, San Diego. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, San Diego. He ran this extreme hunt in his backyard, um, and he got so much vitriol from the the state, really, um, about what was going on. Is that that he packed up
2: and moved to Tennessee and started it up there? He actually tried to start in Illinois first not one second before he moved to Tennessee and Illinois was like, no, no, thanks. Keep moving. (laughs) But he's got like this acreage out in Tennessee
0: and he runs this, what he calls a haunt, but
2: Taylor and I both agree that this is basically uh, a torture walk. Yeah. I saw somebody on Instagram call it a torture tour. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, so this change.org, uh,
0: petition is saying a torture chamber it's a torture chamber under disguise um they say they do screenings to find the weakest most easily manipulated people to do the haunt mckamey manor is a shame to all haunted houses and needs to be shut down uh the petition is started by a person named frankie frankie towery uh he uh, claims that participants have been waterboarded forced to eat things and have duct tape and have had duct tape wrapped around their heads the petition calls for both locations of the haunted house in Summertown, Tennessee, and Huntsville, Alabama, closed. Um, you know, have you ever seen, uh, uh, was it The Art of the Haunt? or ha- Haunters, The Art ha- of the Scare? Art of
2: the, yeah. Yes, I have.
0: Yeah, so there, I mean, it doesn't do a lot of reveal of McKinney Manor, but it shows a good amount of what goes on there. And yeah, there's, you know, they will wrap duct tape around your eyes, like just completely around your head, they will put your head under water and it's not like And they will rip that duct tape off yeah, too yeah.
2: with and take your hair with it. They'll
0: punch they'll punch you in the head. I mean it's it's torture. You're paying you're not actually not even paying. Like the cost which of, is one of the loopholes. Yeah. The cost of entry is a can of dog food. I think it's a bag of dog or food. Or bags of dog food of some one sort or another. Um and yeah, he they will screen you to to and make you sign this legal contract. Which is basically like an NDA. It's a 40-page waiver. Yeah, it's insane. Um, uh, a neighbor of McKamey told uh, told WKRN that people have come out screaming and hollering. Uh, people have used common sense, and it's really... T-
2: people have to use common people sense. People have to
0: use common sense, and it's really, to me, so simple. you got to pull your common sense cap on and think, gee whiz, if this was really happening the way I think it is, how would it be allowed to... Do- how would I be allowed to do this operation?
2: This is McKamey speaking. By the way. Yeah. Uh,
0: the ace up my sleeve is I use a lot of mind control techniques. I use hypnosis. So if I hypnotize someone, I can make them believe whatever I want. And that's a clever nature of the manner. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And yeah, like Taylor said, this was Russ McCamey talking, uh, who apparently thinks very highly of himself. You know, when we were watching, or when I was watching Hunters. I um, Like the guy seems like a, like a really, um, like he really pats himself on the back. He really thinks very highly of himself and he thinks like he, he really acts like he thinks other people are stupid. Oh yeah. Which I mean, if you're going through the the manner, then you are fucking stupid. (laughs) Um, but he just seems like a complete asshole and I don't really know why anybody would voluntarily
2: do this. Like what, what's the thrill? I mean I, I I was reading another article and people were talking about, you know, it's it's the adrenaline rush. It's the same thing as jumping out of an airplane or bungee jumping or all these other extreme sports.
0: Then go jump out of an airplane. I mean, Somebody's not gonna punch you in the head when you jump out of an airplane.
2: Yeah, it I don't get a sense of adrenaline from getting punched in the head and held underwater. That's not an adrenaline rush for me.
0: No. It's um but i mean like we said at the beginning it's this is le- well the legality of it is in question but you know for
2: all intents and purposes this is legal torture yeah once you sign that waiver <sighs> this article also said that it's they have a list of like everything that could potentially be done to you in in the haunted house it's like an itemized list and you have to initial every single item but you get two freebies two things that you can say no not this And the guy in the article was like, no needles and no pulling my teeth out. The fact that you need to tell a haunt, quote, a haunt, uh, not to do that, like, it should raise some red flags. Yeah, and McKamey was like, oh, you know, we we have to do the needles because we drug you. And the guy was like, well, no, no needles. He's like, all right, I can can drug you orally then. (laughs) And I mean, you, 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 I'm sure that at some point there's the waiver is a lot of like mind games like none of that stuff is probably going to happen and it's just you know the way to get into your mind that it might happen yeah but i mean this is basically like well i don't
0: know how ironclad this contract is because it seems like something that people could probably get out of but it seems like this is his way of like trying to defend himself against killing somebody on his property for really no reason.
2: Yeah. Oh, by the way, he calls the police before he does one of his, his tours and tells them, Hey, if somebody calls the cops, don't worry about it. It's just me. Like he literally tells the police, do not come to my house. I just, no matter what,
0: I just don't understand it. Um, you know, th- there's there's a difference between this and like what you'd really call like a, a, an extreme hunt, like like I mentioned blackout. Have you ever read somebody's like walkthrough of, of a blackout tour? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, there's some weird shit that goes on, but nothing where you're being physically harmed, mm-hmm. uh-huh. nothing where you're in any
2: real danger. Yeah,
0: it's just a very disturbing, uncomfortable experience. Like it, it, it's like engulfing, like everything around you is upsetting (laughs) yeah and maybe offensive um and but yeah you're never in any real harm and as soon as you like i i read something where somebody said they had fallen down and fucked up their knee and like immediately somebody that that works for blackout was like on the scene just like oh are you okay do you need to do you need to leave can you continue you know all this and that so it's like this is the this this is what an extreme haunt is. It's like, yeah, it should be extreme, you know, these weird fucked up things can happen, but at the same time you should feel a degree of safety because this is a business and people are here to entertain, not fucking torture you. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh, anyway, Russ McCamey says he finds the change.org petition humorous and that he isn't doing anything illegal. He added that there are more than 20 7,000 people on a waiting list to get inside the manor and nobody has ever completed it. He does say that he will pay you $20,000 should you complete it. Yep. But nobody ever has. Nope. And by the way, when we say complete, it is 10 hours long. Yeah. It's an overnight thing. There was a TV show um, where this British guy, he goes to what have been considered the most dangerous places on earth or is it just in the... Yeah, Dangerous Places on Earth. And, um, you know, he goes to... There are only two places I can come to mind. One was New Orleans, because, um, you know, that does have a history. And the other one was he specifically goes to McKamey Manor. And he's... Like, they show what they did to him, and I don't remember exactly how long he lasted, but obviously it wasn't 10 hours... But it, it is an overnight experience. Yep.
2: Um and these people it's it's round the clock torture. And oh, and can, by the way, the people he hires, there's no background checks. He's he said in an interview that he has hired convicts. Yeah, with people with, you know, um uh domestic or not even domestic just you know, uh physical violence, felonies on their records. Um just Yeah, people who get off on hurting people and now he's putting them in a position to hurt people. Yeah. Anyway, so I think needless to say,
0: Taylor and I both endorsed this petition, I guess, um, and we are very, very highly against the existence of McKamey Manor, anything similar to it. Um, We really encourage you guys that if you are in the same frame of mind as us, that you do go to change.org and uh, sign the petition to have this
2: ended because it's fucking absurd. Um, as of this recording, it just passed ninety-one thousand signatures. And let's see. The thing about Change.org is they
0: never are for a specific amount of signatures. It's just kind of like let's get as many as possible. Yeah,
2: as soon as you get to the get to a, a um, landmark, it just kind of skips to the next landmark. Right. And let's see
0: the uh, this is it a short one? Uh, it's Change no. <laughs> Change.org slash p Slash Tennessee State Senate shut down the McAnney Manor. No, sorry. sorry, yes, Tennessee State Senate shut down McAnney Manor with hyphens in between each word. We'll
2: also post it in the show notes. Right. <clears throat> anyway, so there's that. There, there it is.
0: That was real, real horror. Did I say that? No, you never did. Well, that's what it was. <laughs>
2: All right, moving on to fake world horror. Uh we all know there's been talks of <laughs> I mean, it really happened. It's just <laughs> we all know there's been talk of a nightmare on Elm Street reboot for pretty much since the last reboot was a fucking disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh well now SpectraVision is throwing their hats in the ring. Oh. They're saying, yeah, we'll we'll do that. We'll make that movie. Okay. I'm kind of into that. I, I could be into that as well. Uh, producers Elijah Wood and Daniel Noah spoke to ComingSoon.net. Uh, Noah said, We have long fantasized about having a crack at Nightmare on Elm Street. So has Adam Egypt Mortimer, who just made Daniel Isn't Real. That film and Elm Street have some th- somewhat obscure but still tangible similarities of dream worlds. As people have been seeing Daniel Isn't Real, interestingly, there's been a, lo- a little movement on Twitter for Adam Mortimer to take over Nightmare on Elm Street. We've made no secret We've been in touch with the rights holders many times. It's a real dream project (laughs) uh, uh, for us to have a chance to make a film in that franchise. Like I said, we have a very specific take on it. I think it would be very surprising and exciting to remake the franchise. I I could get
0: behind that. I mean, I've liked, I'd say probably about 98% of what Spectre Visions put out.
2: out. Yeah? Greasy Strangler?
0: (laughs) Solid. (laughs) That's one of those movies where I watched it and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And then
2: I watched it again. And I'm like, "Okay, this is weird enough for me to." You kind of have to have a certain mindset. Yeah, uh, and I, like if you don't fall into that mindset halfway through, then you're like, "I gotta watch this again."
0: Yeah, I I, I feel like I should have watched that twice before we reviewed it because yeah. I think I would have done a much different review. What though? <laughs>
2: uh, Elijah Wood, uh, Frodo himself. He probably hates that. (laughs) I mean, it's only been, what, 15 years? Yeah. He said, uh, it definitely has that aspect of pie in the sky of getting to play in a certain sandbox, you know? It's a universe and a character and an idea that would be a fun sandbox to play in. It's trying to do something different. With a lot of these classic horror films that have seen so many sequels, eventually it sort of plays itself out a little bit. It's also interesting to think about what we could do with a franchise like that, which reinvents itself or creates something that is playing with the tone and key of the franchise, but is doing it differently or taking it a slightly new direction. It's a fun way to think about those things. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, like if you're going to reboot Nightmare on Elm Street, like unless they're going to go the Halloween route, where they're like keeping the old ones, or at least some of the old ones, yeah, and making a new right. sequel... Like if you're just rebooting it from the beginning, you you have to have that that uh, origin story.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's the trouble of rebooting rebooting <laughs> uh, rebooting something like Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean we talked about this before. You know, with Jason or Michael Myers, you could put anybody anybody behind that mask, mm-hmm. and nobody would be the wiser. Um, but with nightmare on elm street it's like not only was it robert Englund's face but it was his personality right um so you know with like jackie earl haley as great of an actor as he is he just wasn't wrong he was so wrong for Freddie. yeah um i mean on top of looking fucking ridiculous um i don't i still like that fucking baffles me why they did that Like, good we're gonna make him look like a real burn victim it's like what's terrifying about that are you, are you trying to imply that burn
2: victims are scary? <laughs> yeah. And not only that, like burn victims look that way because their face healed a certain way and the tissue scarred. But Freddie died. Like he's, yeah. He doesn't have living tissue anymore. Right. That's why he looks like a pizza face. Yeah. Um, But
0: so it, it's hard for me to say because I'm not super precious about Nightmare on Elm Street like I am with friday the 13th um and you know i could probably say the same thing about halloween it's just like if you reboot (laughs) reboot what's that reboot again (laughs) if you reboot it um and you but you do a good job with it then i'm happy but there are probably a lot of people out there that are super precious about nightmare on elm street that just don't want that to happen they want it to be the same old thing and yeah you know, not necessarily a reboot. They want it to be a continuation of the original series. But for, for me, that had gone so far off the fucking tracks that it's just like, don't, no, just wipe the slate clean, start over. <laughs> yeah. Um. This is slightly off topic, but have you seen this uh, fan film where they're doing, it's like a sequel to New Nightmare? Mm-mm. Basically, Heather and Lagenkamp's son, Dylan, has grown up and he's still being... Haunted by Freddy.
2: No, I haven't seen this.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't remember much about it. I think it's called like Dylan's Nightmare or something. Um, anyway, it, it looks pretty cool. It's, it's actually got um, M- M- Milo, whatever his face. The kid from Pet Cemetery, And... You know, the kid. Oh, Milo something. You're not helping at all.
2: Uh, Dylan's New Nightmare, that's what it is. Oh, so it's crowdfunding. It's not something that's done already. No, 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 no yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, Miko Hughes, that's his name, not Milo. Well, Miko Hughes, he played Dylan in New Nightmare, and he was also Gage in the original Pet Cemetery. <clears throat> and he was also the guy that knows, the little kid that knows that girls have a, or boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, I'm in support of this because it uh, looks like it could be
2: cool could be cool
0: (laughs) anyway anyway so what do do you think about Spectre vision rebooting
2: rebooting (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i would trust them to do it they're they're clearly horror fans Mm -hmm. they know what they're doing and they that's what's important yeah they're they're not a studio looking to make money yeah like they're known for making the movies that no one else wants to make Right. So that's why I, I would give them the benefit of the doubt that they would actually go in and they would do you know, do it justice and do um a, a faithful you know, whether it's something new or whether it's you know, a, a new origin story, I feel like they would be able to capture the the tone and and the the feeling of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Yeah. And they would go and find a director who actually gives a shit instead of Samuel Bayer, right? Fucking idiot. Um, yeah,
0: I I, I support this, uh, and I I don't I, I, I don't know if it'd actually go anywhere, but I would I, I would be interested in to see or interested to see what could happen with this.
2: I mean, I'd rather them than Blumhouse. Sure, sure.
0: I, don't, I honestly don't know what to think about this. <laughs> I'm kind of torn. Uh, Freeform, formerly known as ABC Family, is developing a series based on Dante's Inferno.
2: Uh, Freeform, best known as the Hocus Pocus channel around this time of year. Oh, no shit. <laughs> um, but they have been getting, I think we just, was it last episode of the
0: two episodes ago where we talked about them doing another horror series?
2: yes the one with jessica Beale, right was she was she producing or something she was involved in some way that sounds familiar yeah
0: um but yeah it's the, the and, you know, they did there was a dead of summer oh yeah it was so this the new ones last summer the one we thought it was before was dead of summer or dead summer
2: i think it was dead of summer that was the one with tony todd right
0: um anyway but they have kind of been getting into more horror stuff as of late. Um, But uh, yeah, so they are developing a series based on Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno is, of course, the second book... um, No, sorry. The first book in uh, a three-part epic written by Dante Alighieri in the 1300s. (laughs) Um, And uh, it's gone on to inspire a lot of different... um, not only films and other other work, um, you know, other other novels and, and writings, but it's also really created like kind of a lot of modern day depictions of hell, as far as like having you know the different different circles, different layers of hell, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of its imagery
2: of of hell itself. Um, what was that video game that you played for a while? That was based on Dante's Inferno was it just called Dante's Inferno? <laughs> uh
0: that was actually pretty different. Um it did focus on the seven the uh the nine levels of hell. Um but uh instead of being a a poet or you know a, a writer, artist uh that was being kind of toured through the af- through the afterlife, um in that game you're a, a, a knight templar who went into hell to look for his wife. And so he's basically fighting through hell rather than just kind of taking a casual stroll. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, so this is set against a fantastic and terrifying backdrop of a demonic underworld in oh, uh, oh, wow. uh, the series.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> the series will tell the story of Grace Dante. Oh, yeah.
2: what are you doing? They should have just called it. You'd call her Grace Alieri. That would have been better. They could have called it, like, fall from grace.
0: It's uh, <laughs> <that's> terrible. I <laughs> uh, t- uh, said, so Grace Dante, a 20-something whose life has been, a f- has been far from ideal and she cares about, wait, goddamn it, has been far from ideal as she cares for her drug-ravaged mother and her younger brother. When things suddenly and without warning turn around for her, she does not question it at first. She'll soon discover that the devil himself has given her this streak of good fortune and she'll have to traverse the nine circles of Dante's hell to free herself from his clutches. I don't understand why that makes sense, but whatever. Did she sell her soul and not know? That doesn't seem like something that could just happen. Yeah. That seems unfair,
2: right? I mean... The hey, de- here, sign a contract for your new cell phone plan. <laughs> Trick, I'm the devil. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I... Fake
0: out, or it's just like, or like, oh man, I I wish that I could have better luck. It's like, okay, your soul's mine now, by the way. Verbal
2: agreement, it's legal in California, no takesies, backsies. Um, wait, who are you? (laughs) Oh, sorry,
0: I'm the devil. (laughs) Um, yes, uh, Ethan Reef. From sleeper cell, Cyrus Voris from Brimstone, Nina Fiori from The Handmaid's Tale, and John Herrera from The Handmaid's Tale will write the series. That's too many people. That's a lot of writers. Uh, we'll write the series and also serve as producers alongside Daniel Clayman Gilbert of Chicago Fire and Studio 71. Uh, there's no word on yet on casting or projected premiere date. Um. I don't know. Like this is of interest to me because I'm a big fan of uh, the Divine Comedy. Um, it's it's funny that it's always focused on Inferno. There are three books: there's Inferno, Purgatorio, and uh, Paradiso. And the only one that's ever focused on <laughs> is Inferno, because admittedly, Purgatory, or let's just say Purgatory and Paradise, are kind of boring <laughs> it, by comparison. <laughs> All the action happens in Inferno. Paradise Lost. Found it.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. What do you think? I mean, I know you haven't read it, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm not as big into the whole Dante's Inferno thing as you are, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. It sounds like it could be like an interesting modern day take with the the underworld of L.A. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, it's kind of fitting. I mean, you know... LA. More like hell, eh haha got him it's kind of like a juxtaposition because you know los angeles is like the city of angels and for health it's 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 kind of a a well-played grounds or saying you know like the city of angels is actually like a hell mouth it's ironic yeah um but uh i guess i mean that still plays well i suppose um I don't know. I mean, like, I, th- I feel like I'd be more interested in this if it was on any other network. <laughs> but the fact that it's freeform means it's going to be fucking floofy as fuck.
2: What if it was on Quibi? <laughs> fucking Quibi. <laughs> Why? So I got to watch a 90 second episode? <laughs> I mean, there's two writers from The Handmaid's Tale. I haven't actually watched that, but I know it gets a lot of lot of talk. A lot of people like it. So.
0: It's so hot right now.
2: Yeah. Actually, it's not really hot anymore. That's true. It was hot. For it was hot nine. for like a year. <clears throat> um, as you were, like, talking about this, my mind, I'm going, oh, man, Kevin Smith should make a Dante's Inferno with Dante from Clerks. <laughs> and then the other half of my brain is like, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> no, I don't give him that idea. <laughs> it's right. like, did you see Yoga Holders? Because <laughs> it would probably be something like that.
0: I'm going to edit this part out just in case he might hear it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, I would honestly rather just see, like, Just straight adaptation of Dante's Inferno. But I guess we'll see how this plays out. It sounds yeah, I mean, if you've ever watched a freeform show, you know they have just like a a certain like undeserved drama about (laughs) them. Like everything's so dramatic, especially when it's when teenagers are involved because they think their life is so fucking difficult. It's true
2: but it's like really not it's like oh my boyfriend dumped me okay we'll go find a new one (laughs) (laughs) my boyfriend dumped me oh yeah well i'm fucking divorced and i've been out of work for two years i'm thirty thousand dollars in debt (laughs) tell me more about your ex-boyfriend well his name's david
0: (laughs) (laughs) no 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 it's being facetious (laughs) Uh, um. Anyway. Anyway, we'll see how this goes. There is a house in New Orleans.
1: They call the rising sun,
2: and it's been
1: the ruin
2: of many. So, the writers of the Conjuring. No. have announced get this a new horror franchise no that's a bold statement I don't know how they're gonna juice a franchise out of this but I mean these are the people that made The Conjuring so Uh, it's gonna be based around the haunted LaLaurie Mansion in New Orleans Uh, this is the brothers Chad and Carrie Hayes fucking Chad (laughs) Um, the synopsis for the franchise, I guess, says the stories will unfold in multiple installments covering the history of the house from recent horrific events of modern day, all the way back to the terrifying origins of the house's history and its crazed owner, Madame Delphine LaLaurie. Wait, so they're going to go in reversed chronological order? That's what it sounds like. But why? So each one is a prequel of the one before it or? Well, that seems to be all they know how to make anymore is fucking <laughs> prequels. That's
0: like, that's like their order of operations. They don't know how to do anything different. It's like, well, okay. So what we do is we start with this movie and then we make one how we got to this movie. But that's backwards.
2: Why, we well, why don't you it? just make the second one first? But, because that's how we always do We, we, we got to lay the groundwork. We always do that way. It's like,
0: haven't you seen the movies? We made Conjuring, and then we made a Conjuring prequel, and then we made an Annabelle, and then we made an Annabelle prequel, and then we made, like, all of the fucking 50,000 goddamn Annabelle
2: prequels. <laughs> and then we made spinoffs of everything. There's a Crooked Man spinoff, and there's uh Isn't there another spinoff? I don't know. I thought there was another one. And then we just took baths in our pools full of money. Yeah, we just... Us and James Wan just got naked and sat in pools of money. Rubbed each other with cash. Just Scrooge McDucked it. (laughs) Though well-known in popular culture, the infamous Madame LaLaurie has never been given the detailed, extensive, deep dive that this film has planned, including the exclusive right to the home itself. It sounds like they're actually going to film at the house. Doesn't somebody live in there? I don't think so. Maybe. I honestly don't know. Did you guys see it when you were down there? Yeah, we did when we did the ghost tour and they, they talked about it quite a bit.
0: That's you know, funny. They show one on uh American Story Coven, and it's not the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a fairly unassuming house. It really is. It's like we walked right past it like three times until us. I don't know if we were on a tour or if we just like looked it up and and you know guided our
2: way to there, and it's like, oh, we've passed this uh okay <laughs> yeah it's like i mean it's like in the middle of the square it's not like it's like you know out but on its own in a big fenced yard or something yeah. it's like right there next to all these shops and bars and yeah and i mean yeah it's it's a you know it's not like a big mansion
0: it's it's a f- especially for the area it's a fairly large house yeah i'd say maybe i don't even know if i'd refer to it like as a manor but it's 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 a large house and I've seen pictures from the inside. It looks pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, pretty unassuming. Like I'd never, it looks like it could be like a, like a hotel even I'd say.
2: Yeah. Or like apartments or something. <clears throat> um, the house and properties haunting has been made infamous thanks to Madame LaLaurie, a New Orleans socialite and serial killer who tortured and murdered enslaved persons in the house. I remember a story with like a chic or something, but I don't remember all the details. I don't no? know. All right uh said the hayes brothers in unison we love <laughs> we love writing films in which we get to tell true stories incorporating moments that people can look up and discover did in fact happen and then we embellish them like crazy oh shit and then we make patrick wilson act them out <laughs> more on him later <laughs> With the LaLaurie house, we get to do exactly that. There is a wealth of documentation and a very dark and frightening past of true events. Fucking dark. (laughs) (laughs) Not to mention that after spending some time there, what we personally experienced was truly unnerving. Jesus Christ. We haven't been this excited about a project since The Conjuring. Oh, fuck off. You you really (laughs) lost me at personal experience. I don't want to hear about your personal experience. I don't give a shit. Yeah, because... That's why Fukunawa got kicked off it probably not but that's that's what i'm telling people (laughs) well it's like okay so you spent some time
0: in the Lolori mansion uh neat (laughs) like oh your personal experience probably meant like you thought you heard something
2: but have zero proof that it ever actually occurred yeah (laughs) um principal photography will commence sometime in 2020 hopefully they keep james Wan far away from it I mean, they're they're buddies at this point. That's true. They gotta be. <laughs> I mean, if it, if not him, then probably one of his cronies. I mean, it's just going to be another movie that I'm not going to see. So, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of those.
0: That's true. You're dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb.
2: You're dumb. Same thing. Same thing.
0: So, uh, because Universal Pictures has, or Universal Studios, yeah, Universal Studios, not Universal Pictures. Yeah. Universal Studios has not learned from its own mistakes or the mistakes of others. (laughs) They have drafted Paul Feig to run their new Dark Army franchise. What's the Dark Army, you ask? Well, it's their likely comedic version of their dark universe that just fucking crashed and burned. and Twice. It's just all over the place. It just took a big fat dump
2: like and the just laid in it. It was like, we're going to have this new dark universe. It's going to be superheroes for some reason. But the superheroes are like Dracula and Frankenstein for some reason. It's like a... Suicide Squad. It's like, oh, yeah, because that one did so well, They're too. Like, our first movie is going to be Dracula Untold. And then Dracula Untold came out, and they were like, that's actually not going to be part of it. <laughs> it starts and, now. It's like, No, no, forget that one. Now with the mummy. And then the mummy was terrible. And they were like, fuck it. We're not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm tired.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's like, no, what's wrong, Universal? I thought you were going to make a dark universe. No, I never said that. Uh, Paul Feig, of course, is the fucking jokester who, who just completely ruined the fucking uh, Ghostbusters reboot
2: attempt. It was just a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he did the—he went like the Samuel Bayer route, and it's like, well, if you don't like it, it's your fault. That's a you problem. It's a you. <laughs> You can just blame the fans for not liking something. Yeah, you know, Paul Feig used to do good stuff. Uh, wasn't he involved with Freaks and Geeks
0: at one point? Or so? He was,
2: and I think he actually created Freaks and Geeks. Did he? I thought that was Judd Apatow. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes more I sense. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's a thing he's pretty famous for, actually. <laughs> I think he did direct
0: some episodes and or write them.
2: Yeah, I know he was at least on a couple, so I'm sure he probably was involved behind the camera. Um, He was involved in The Office. The Office,
0: uh, Arrested Development. Mm -hmm. So he's got some clout, and then he just... Bridesmaids was good. It was okay. Um, And then he just said, you know what, I'm going to just back this one horse named Melissa McCarthy, and I'm going to make some fucking quality films. And then he never made anything good ever again. (laughs) And then Dan
2: Aykroyd banned him from the Sony lot.
0: Fucking Dan Aykroyd. Oh! Caught him. Did you just come up with that? I did. You've been thinking about that for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I came up with that. I was was driving up. I'm like, I'm going to call him Dan (laughs) Aykroyd. It's like,
2: Dan Craproyd. No, that's no good. (laughs) You can do better, Tony. You can do better. Think, damn it, think. Ah. Anyway,
0: he says, I'm a mega fan of those old horror movies. Good. That's a good starting place. Uh, he's telling comingsoon.net, Bride of Frankenstein is probably one of the greatest movies of all time. That's probably the first time I've ever heard that in my life. Probably be the last <laughs> two. It's okay, but
2: as far as Universal Monster movies go, it's definitely not the best. It's definitely not the greatest movie of all time. Like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone have that be like the first universal monster movie that they mention. Everyone starts with Dracula or Frankenstein or Wolfman or Mummy or... You know why? <laughs> Creature it's from the because, Black Lagoon or any number. <laughs> yeah. You know why? It's because Paul Feig has his
0: fucking head up his ass. <laughs> uh, I love that movie so much and there are some things from that movie that I'm using in this new movie called Dark Army. But I really want to do a James Whale-ish modern-day version of a monster movie that is about these characters. I want to bring that ooky, spooky feeling back to movies. Idiot. (laughs) But with these monsters, you root for and understand at the same time. Okay. I finished the first draft of the script, and I'm excited. I'm so excited about it. I'm literally on... You're not literally on fire. (laughs) I wish you were literally on fire. I'm literally on fire about getting this movie made as soon as I can, guys. Uh, learn the difference between literally and figuratively, please. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. <laughs> Do you think it matters to him? He doesn't give a fuck. He's like, no, guys. Literally, I meant. I'm literally on fire. Until someone sets him
2: on fire, and they're like, "Now you're literally he's on like, fire, you idiot."
0: He's like, "No, I didn't mean literally. <laughs>
2: I meant figuratively." <laughs>
0: Uh, I finished the first draft of the script, and I'm so excited about it. I'm Oh, we already read that. Uh, I turned it into the Dark Universe people last week, and they loved it. So there's still Dark Universe people? I, I found them living in their shanties on Hollywood Boulevard
2: and said, Hey, guys, read my script.
0: They're like, give me a dollar.
2: So I did. Best dollar I ever spent. <laughs> I think they're going to make it. <laughs> Uh,
0: Now it's going over to the heads of Universal, so so we'll see. Yeah, we will see. So, okay, I guess I was misunderstanding this. I, I assumed this was already kind of greenlit, but he's just trying to do it. But, I mean, yeah, Dark Universe people, they're such fucking good judges. It's like, hey, let's make a mummy movie with Tom Cruise and fucking Russell Crowe.
2: Let's make a sexy mummy movie.
0: Yeah, but let's turn the mummy, who's based on a real figure, into a woman because that makes sense. <laughs> Idiots.
2: Oh, fucking. And then that'll be a backdoor pilot. Well, back not a pilot. Backdoor into the Dr. Jekyll movie that is. Russell Crowe is Dr. Jekyll. Yep. Or something. <laughs> or whatever. Those dark universe people are probably
0: like, hey, aren't you guys the guy that made that Ghostbusters movie? And Paul goes like, no. <laughs> yeah. They're like, that movie fucking
2: rocked! <laughs> High five, bro.
0: <laughs> <sighs> Why do they have to ruin things that we love?
2: Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> So in a few minutes here, we're going to be talking about the Banana Splits movie, which a lot of people said is just a Five Nights at Freddy ripoff. But I tell you what, you want to hear about a Five Nights at Freddy ripoff, let me tell you about Wally's Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, save the, we'll save the best part. Uh, this is coming from director Kevin Lewis. I have no idea what he's done I don't know. in the past. I don't know that bitch. Uh, it's written by G.O. Parsons. Same thing. Uh, this was featured on The Blood List, which I think is like a horror version of The Blacklist. Okay. I think I've heard of that. Uh, so it's about a janitor forced to spend the night in a twisted amusement park where he is pulled into a living nightmare. As the threatening animatronic characters come to life, the janitor has to fight his way from one monster to another to survive until morning and get out of the park. Hey, you know what this sounds like? Five Nights at Freddy's? No, no, no. the bananas, what's for <laughs> right? But no, yeah, yeah, it
0: it sounds almost identical to Five Nights at Freddy's.
2: Yeah, except it's a janitor instead of a security officer.
0: What? What the
2: fuck? <laughs> but here's the fun part: this janitor, <laughs> the best part, will be played by none other than Sir Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Sir Nicholas Cage <laughs> is he knighted? Why would he be knighted? I don't know. They're knight random people all the time. They're British.
0: They
2: Wait, knight- that's the poster?
0: Apparently. <laughs> all right. They knight people like Anthony Hopkins and Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Not fucking Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Put your finger out of your ass.
2: <laughs> uh, said uh, Kevin Lewis. For me, there was always one actor and one actor only who could make this movie work. Of course. And that person is Nicolas Cage.
0: That's probably the answer for like every goddamn movie ever. Okay, so Kevin Lewis is known for Malibu Spring Break. What? And
2: uh Downward Angel. And um pretty sure Downward Angel is a sex position. <laughs> and a bunch of other movies that I'm sure you've heard of. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, Dark Heart, The Drop, obviously, The I'm, Third Nail. I'm very excited about the upcoming glutton. <laughs> Does that have Nicolas Cage? It should. It's horror, apparently. Written by Kenny Yackle. <laughs> Is it Yackle? Um, Lewis continued, said, I'm thrilled to be working with him and can't wait to see him go up against Wally and his gang of psychopathic misfits. Uh, Yeah, you're thrilled. Do you know who this man is? <laughs> I see this movie as He's pa- Sir Nicholas King. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I see this movie as Pale Rider versus Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Pale Rider. I'm not familiar with that one. I don't think I am either.
0: But I mean, as he, I mean, he must
2: know Fre- Five Nights at Freddy's, right? It, I, I mean. I would hope it's kind of a cultural phenomenon at this point. I mean, of course, Rob Zombie had the nuts to say that he'd never seen Running Man.
0: What the fuck? Stop touching the... I didn't touch it.
2: My my Roomba is coming alive. Oh, my God. You must have done something. I didn't touch the damn thing. Just push the middle button and make it shut up. All right. What is uh, what has OG Parsons? What's he written? Uh, let's see. Oh, he's an actor primarily. Good. Yep. Oh, he, but he wrote Killer Sharks, the attacks of Black December, the TV movie Lucky Us from 2011.
0: <laughs> it's a recreation of the world famous attacks on the coast of Durban, South America, or South Africa, in the summers of 1957 and 1958. How did they get Nicolas Cage? (laughs) I mean, Nicolas Cage is just kind of doing whatever. (laughs) I think he's at the fucking point of his career. (laughs) It does seem that way, yeah. Which I'm in full support of. Oh, 100%. Because if he wasn't, we wouldn't have gotten fucking gems like Mandy or Mom and Dad. Give me Mom and Dad, too.
2: (laughs) Please. God damn it. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure... With just him and Lance Henriksen just going crazy (laughs) on people.
1: Barking at each other.
2: (laughs) Yes. Ah. (laughs) Uh, Neat. Okay. (laughs) All right. So yeah, keep an eye out for uh, Wally World or whatever the fuck it's called. Wally's Wonderland. (laughs) That's going to do for horror business,
0: guys. That's it. Uh, That was fun. That was fun Fun times. Good times had by all. I'm always worried that the episode after Halloween is going to drag because we're so fucking exhausted. (laughs) This one's actually going pretty well. So far. So far. (laughs) So good. So, so good. Uh. (laughs) What are you doing? I don't know. I'm I'm just being crazy. Anyway. Okay, that's our business. Now we're launching into our film reviews.
1: Too much late at night.
0: All right. So, like I said, this is not a film episode. This is just a whatever we could find episode. Pretty much, yeah. Um. So. We have the Banana Splits movie, which was a TV movie, and
2: In the Tall Grass, which was a Netflix movie. Taylor, which
0: one do you want to start with?
2: I mean, I, th- I put that last story last, so that I thought it would be a, a nice segue into the Banana Splits movie. <laughs> yeah, hey. We are going to
0: the Banana Splits! <gasps>
1: Sometimes at night, I see the splits riding around in the little cars, laughing and singing. Who's excited to see the banana splits? Yeah! Rebecca, Rebecca,
0: Rebecca. Rebecca I'm canceling the show. What? Hey kids, put on your ha- happiest faces because the banana split show
1: is about to begin. Where are the children? Mom, get out of here. Time's almost up. Why are you doing this to me? Dad,
2: please! Let me out! Now the show can go on forever and ever and ever. Come on, you fussy son of a... I just really want your brother's birthday to be perfect. <laughs>
1: Gonna have so much fun!
2: All right, so a little background about the Banana Splits for people who might not know: uh, this was a very real TV show back in the '60s, I believe. Yeah, it uh, started in 1967. Uh, it was a Hanna-Barbera show. It was a, a take-up of the Monkeys. Hey, hey, where the Monkeys? Yep. Or a send-up. Sorry. People say monkey around. People say that. Yeah. Uh, it, it featured you know people in costumes, playing instruments and having hijinks and just regular old fuckery. Yeah, you had uh, the four main characters. There was Flegel the beagle, Bingo the ape, Drooper the lion, and Snorky the elephant. Like I said, there were it was a kind of like a you know uh, Chuck E. Cheese band. Yeah. It was just a fucking acid trip. It was it was wild. They were
0: fucking, <clears throat> like, if you're a little child, they might be terrifying even before this movie came out.
2: <laughs> it's true. Uh, so someone, I'm not entirely sure, uh, got the rights to the Banana Splits, you know, um, series and likenesses and all that, and decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to make a fucking horror movie out of this. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> This is what we have. Uh, this movie takes place in a universe where the Banana Splits never went off the air. As far as I can tell, it takes place in current day. Yeah. Banana Splits has been on since 1967. Uh, young named, named a young boy named Harley Williams. <laughs> young uh, boy. He He's the biggest fan of the Banana Splits you've ever seen. His birthday's coming up. And so he's going to a live taping of the banana splits. Goddamn. That's all he wants for his birthday. Um, There's this weird moment where they're like, oh, his only friend has the flu. He can't go. So we're just going to call somebody else and make them go. Yeah, that's weird. Like, that never came into play in any way. No. <laughs> I was like, what was the point of that? Like, I kept waiting for that to serve a purpose. I mean, it's...
0: It was obvi- like, cause you know, they talk about how like the kid, Harley, he's like too old to <laughs> still be such a big fan of the, the banana splits. You now it's kind of weird and like clearly a little off putting to his other classmates. Um, and then, yeah, he has one friend and you know, now this one friend can't go and yeah. Why, why they call just some random other classmate. I don't know, but. it's
2: it's whatever i guess yeah it was weird um so harley and his mom and his dad right his dad yes okay and his so i guess half brother uh as well as this this new friend zoe they pack up and they head over to the studio in this one they're not people in costumes they're animatronics yeah, which I don't know. That's kind of ambiguous,
0: at least to me, whether or not people actually knew that. Yeah, but I mean, of course, when it's actually finally revealed that they are robots, nobody seems
2: especially shocked, right? So I don't know. Yeah, they're these very elaborate, very high tech robots, um, and they—it's so funny because when they're on stage, they're like singing and dancing, and then when they walk, they're like. <laughs> like okay i don't know why that would happen but i don't know it's like they shut off their uh their <clears throat> fluidity
0: or fluid movements and they're just like okay now it's back to robot time yeah uh Which we're also what i mean i'm not a i'm not a robotics guy but that doesn't make any sense to me oh are you not <laughs> i mean i you know I, I explored it in my
2: previous life but uh I just never went anywhere have you seen have you seen the blake vapes voiceover video where they're like playing keep away with the robot. No. It's from like Boston Mechanics or whatever. And they got this box they're just like throwing back and forth. And like Blake Babe's like, fucking give it to me. <laughs> and then the robot pulls a gun on him. <laughs> what the fuck?
1: <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um,
2: we're also introduced to Paige the Page, uh, who works for Taft Studios, which I don't think is a real studio. It's my knowledge. Um, other people. In the crowd that we're introduced to, are uh, uh, names <laughs> it's Poppy and Thad, or Polly and Thad? Right? Um, no, it's
0: Poppy. Yeah, Poppy got a little sloppy. Se- Seinfeld. Oh,
2: <laughs> you know Poppy. Different Poppy. Yeah. Hey, Poppy. Um. Yeah, they're a, a you know twenty-something couple. They're Instagram stars, or so they think. That's <laughs> uh, a total fucking dildo. Yeah, he is. They well, they both are. Parker, uh, who is this this young girl uh, who isn't so much an aspiring star as her dad wants her to be. Right. She has this very uh, like helicopter stage dad who brought her there specifically to talk to a producer and try and get her on the show. Was it? So, like,
0: uh, Parker, is that her name? Yeah. She's, like, a little white girl, and then her
2: dad was, I don't know, like, Asian or, or maybe Middle Eastern? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't understand. Like, I mean, I assume her mom is probably white, but she didn't look mixed at all. No, she just looked straight white, so yeah. I, was, I was confused. I don't know. Um, yeah, and I guess that's it, right? That's our, that's our core of characters. I, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I guess that's it.
2: Yeah. So they say, you know, if take look at your ticket, if there's a star on the back, you get to go on the backstage tour afterwards. And so, uh, Thad and Poppy and, um, Parker and her dad, they all have stars. Harley and his family don't have stars. Womp, womp. But his brother Austin, who was flirting with Paige earlier, he finds her backstage, and he just... Flirting
0: is an, is a generous term.
2: True. It was the most
0: awkward fucking fumbling I've ever fucking seen.
2: They were collecting cell phones, because you're not allowed to have them, and he's like, here's my cell phone. Maybe you could put put your number in it afterwards. This is like, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I hate myself. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of cooler in my head. I hate myself. <laughs> He's like my favorite character, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but he finds Paige back backstage and he says, "Hey, look, it's my brother's birthday. Can you can you help us out?" And she's like, "Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. I don't care." She's like, "I got you." <clears throat> uh, so before we get to the backstage tour, Harley steps out in front of the banana buggy, almost gets wiped out. Yep, because he's an idiot. It's just little kids walking in front of cars. I like the mom tells Mitch, the dad, she's like, uh, Your son almost got hit by the banana buggy. He goes, That would have been an embarrassing way to die. <laughs> <laughs> is it bad that that was my first thought, too? <laughs> <laughs> but we find out that the show is being canceled. They got uh, this guy got promoted to VP of programming, and he do- he doesn't like the show. It's not the direction he wants to go for the network, so he's pulling the plug. He's a total fucking. He's a chode. Ch- <laughs> i was gonna say Chad, but chode works too. Chad the chode. Um, and so the guy who created and you know does upkeep on the Banana Splits installs this new program called The Show Must Go On. Mm. And so that's how the banana splits turn into terminators yep and so then you know the group goes on the backstage tour and all hell breaks loose and the banana splits start turning on people and uh just and killing fools yeah and then it turns into five nights at freddy's
0: i mean more or, less. or like it's like uh kind of like five nights at freddy's it's like a shopping nights,
2: mall it's like if, if five nights at freddy's was interesting and <laughs> sure. like and, uh, and things actually happened yeah so you're just like pointing your flashlight at shit and just like, uh, what's going on? And then you die. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's similar to Nick Swardson's description of deal or no deal. He's like, that's not even a game. This is people pointing at things. Is there money in there? Oh, <laughs> that one? Is there money in that one? Oh, is there money over there?
0: <laughs> that, that's just,
2: five nights at Freddy's. Is like, is there anything over here? It's just a game of pick a pick a hand. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's five nights at Freddy's. you just turn on your flashlight anything over here no anything over there About over here anything over here oh i'm dead <laughs> i'm sure there's more to it than that but that's that's my experience <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure people play it for a reason but i i've i've tried it and that that was my my uh my experience playing that game yeah I just I haven't really had a lot of interest
0: in it <laughs> to actually explore what the experience is like <laughs> um but yeah, so this is um this was a sci-fi movie, and aside from some minor league gore, there's not a lot to it as far as
2: like um yeah, that's about effects. all I can get into the story without like oh, as far performance effects. I was gonna say as, as far as story, that's yeah. that's as far as I can get into it without starting to give stuff away. Yeah,
0: and that's that's another thing is like like not a lot of shit happens until like the last 15, 20 minutes, maybe. It's like it was an hour and a half.
2: Yeah, hour and twenty
0: something. Night or eighty-six minutes. So, um, but so I I had to watch this in two parts because I started it last night and I fell asleep. And I thought I was. i thought i was like a quarter of the way into it because nothing had happened and then i started it up again this morning and i had to fast forward back to the last thing i remembered and like i'm just going and going and going and i'm like three quarters of the way through the movie to where i finally realized okay i haven't seen this part
2: i was like fuck nothing fucking happened (laughs) until this part i mean except for all the people that died the, nobody died until like 3 quarters of the way through the movie. I don't know about that. Ah. The 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 gore, well, yeah, it's, the effects are not fantastic. There is like it's it's what you'd expect in a movie like this, just over the top gore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the effects as far as like the uh the quality of them,
0: I thought was actually pretty good. I didn't really have any complaints uh as far as where that went, but um there wasn't a lot of it and you know in a movie where you're basically killing off almost everyone <laughs> spoilers <laughs> um it just seemed kind of um mundane i guess i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm like uh over over analyzing
2: not over analyzing but like yeah, just expecting too much maybe um Maybe I didn't, I had low expectations of this movie, <laughs> like not just it being on sci-fi, but like, I knew it was going to be super campy. I knew it was going to be super over the top cheesy. And it was. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, my dad watched this several weeks ago and he texted me
0: and he says, um, you know, j- just watched a and splits movie. Um, this it's the story's stupid, but the effects are pretty good. And I pretty much have to agree with that assessment.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the, like I said, the story is super thin. Um, it really is just like these people go on a backstage tour of the show and start getting killed. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And like the the reasoning for the robots going crazy is kind of phoned in, I think. Like it's it's not that it doesn't make sense or that it's like not cohesive. It's just kind of like. Like, okay, what's the easiest reason we can think of to make these robots go crazy? (laughs) It's like, oh, well, they have programming in them that
2: makes makes it impossible for them to stop. So um Yeah, it's not like a vengeance thing. Well, I mean it kind of is, but it's the the programmer, not the the robots going haywire. It's not like I mean it's kind of like the remake of Child's Play. Uh in a in a sense, I guess. But I mean it's like
0: basically you break it down and the reason that they went crazy is because the executive producer or, you know, they never really said what he was previously, but right. now he's like the vice president of the network. He wants to cancel the show. And so they, their programming causes them to go crazy. And you'd think that that would be limited to the person that's trying to cancel the show, right? <laughs> not the fans of the show. I Although it does limit them to adults, it seemed, seems to be the case, yeah. Um No real explanation for that. No. I mean, but, I assume it was just in the program. But it's like, why Why are they just killing people? it at, 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 Not really random, but why? I don't understand why they're just killing people instead of the ones that are ca- trying to cancel a show, which to like, me... Was one person.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, kill this one person and the movie's over. Yeah. Then so, you just promote that one lady who was a producer, or whatever she whatever her title was. Promote her, she keeps the show going, everyone lives happily ever after. Yeah, it's like this
0: dickhead, what's his name? Andy.
2: Who? The um The VP. Yeah. Uh yeah, Andy. Yeah,
0: he comes and tells his tells us
2: fuck. Um this uh
0: producer, whatever her name is. Uh, uh, Rebecca Rebecca Ooh, Rebecca Um, she yeah he comes and tells her that the show's canceled and he's just a complete like flagrant asshole about it she's like why are you canceling this the show's still successful and then like everybody else when they find out the show's being canceled uh, is just super disappointed so it's like clearly the people that work there seem to enjoy their job to a degree so it's like in my mind If you've got this program coded into the robot saying the show must go on, it's like maybe we just, you know, kill the person that's trying to stop the show.
2: Right. Everybody else would be like, hey, let's, yeah, let's keep going. It's not even like it's collateral damage either. Like they're like sought out to kill these people. I don't understand. (laughs) That's a fair criticism. Um, But I guess I'm just trying to psychoanalyze fucking crazy robots. (laughs) Let's talk about some of the kills though. Okay. We see one person... My, my, my favorite one was the person that got sawed in half. Okay. Not That's, your favorite? No.
0: Which one was your favorite? Uh, I think... Well, I mean... Let's see. As far as... Like actual deaths or the effects that it, what came with it? Either. Um, I think probably... The person that got smashed in the face with a hammer—that was probably my favorite. Um, that had some pretty good effects, like you know, like a, had like a Glenn and Walking Dead yeah. effect to it, like eye popped out and shit. So, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably my favorite for for both aspects. I mean, the 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 person getting son <laughs> isn't really the right word. Chopped in half, I guess. Um, is uh probably the most dramatic yeah um but effects wise i
2: think probably the hammer to the face is probably the best one yeah um the Sawed in half is the most like the, the goriest
0: yeah i mean there's a lot of blood and you, you don't really see like like guts until later on right like after after the death scene yeah but, yeah, there's, there's just a lot of blood. I think probably more blood that's in a human body, probably. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, the story is paper thin. Um, and the ef- But, I mean, the effects are pretty good. But the fact is, like, a lot of the action didn't happen until later in the movie. So it's just like you're just, like, kind of sitting through this story that just doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. And you've got this, like, this uh, human counterpart that's on the show, Stevie, who's just a drunken asshole. <laughs> yeah. He's apparently been on the show since he was a child. Is that is that what I got? I From, guess. Uh, he said or he is looked, it, like, a new Stevie? I, I think he said he'd been on the show for, like, 18 years. So, yeah. Um, and, yeah, he's just, like, irritated with, like, how much better the robots are being
2: treated than him. Oh yeah. I like how Harley goes. Nobody really likes him. (laughs) Um, but
0: yeah, he, he's the first one that finds out the show has been canceled and he actually tells the splits what's happened. Yeah. That's what makes them go crazy. Right. Their eyes turn red. That's how you know they're evil now. Right. They're like Terminators. Yep.
2: (laughs) Um, yeah i would be interested to get the perspective of someone who actually like watched the banana splits if this has any kind of like nostalgia factor or yeah i mean i think my dad
0: watched it when he was a kid i i meant to actually i meant to get his kind of notions on both of these movies and i just didn't have time before we uh before we recorded um but uh there's that I could call did, my dad when we do the next one. Did he watch um, banana splits as a kid? I think so. I, I mean, you know, he. I don't know that that it was really popular when he was young enough to enjoy it, because it came out sixty seven, as I said. So he would have been seven. So I don't know. He may have gotten like a year or two out of it before he just kind of got too old for it. Um. But, yeah, I don't know. But he did watch it, and I'm sh- and I'm sure he was more than familiar with the original show. Have you ever watched the banana splits?
2: No. It's
0: it's fucking weird. It's like an <laughs> acid trip, man. Like, I can only imagine watching it while you're high. Like, oh, yeah. That would be a, f- a head fuck, I think. But, I mean, yeah, it's just these fucking guys in animal suits, these furries, basically, that just kind of run around and get into, into trouble. That's kind of the premise of the show. <laughs> The the actual show that's in this movie is different than what I remember watching, and I I could be wrong because I haven't watched it in a long time. But it's not the show that I remember, like the Banana Splits, Adventure Time, or Adventure Hour, or whatever. Um, I uh, yeah, Adventure Hour. Um, it's different than what I recall, but I could be wrong. I remember less game show and more like skits.
2: Yeah, there's a whole like the slop, what do they call it? Sloppy course? Sloppy time. Sloppy time, yeah. Um it was very like double dare. Yeah. That's 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 what I got from it too. Did, um, did you think the goo was going to like wind up being like human guts or something?
0: I I mean it looked like blood. Yeah, it was very like red and viscous. Yeah. Or not like real blood, but like stage blood. Yeah. So
2: because of that i'm just like okay is that supposed to be blood or (laughs) right i thought it was going to come around and like you would find out that they were were chopping people up and putting them out there or something um yeah i don't know who's who's your who's your favorite banana split harley's was uh um snorky the elephant um i always liked uh uh, bingo because
0: he looked fucking hilarious yeah
2: (laughs) i like bingo except for his uh his Tom Cruise middle tooth.
0: It's Tom Cruise middle tooth.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's got a big ass middle tooth, just like Tom Cruise. Eddie, I didn't notice. His, what looks like his sh- should be his two front teeth is just one tooth. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they all wear sunglasses, though, because they're cool dudes. Yeah, it's the 60s. Yeah, they're beatnicks. And they play in a band. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know that I really have anything else to say. I thought it was pretty fun. Like, yeah, it's it's goofy as fuck, but it like I said, that's what I expected. Um it's over the top, it's campy, but it's a it's a fucking banana splits horror movie. Like <laughs> I don't know if you could be like, Oh, that seems like it's gonna be really dark and gritty. Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, I I can say that. It was about what I expected. Yeah. Did you have fun with it or? Yeah, it was fine. I mean I like I wasn't hating it. Um, but I mean I I definitely went into it with no false pretense. Yeah. Um it was This isn't like Rob Zombies Banana Splits. (laughs) So I I mean I knew that it was a sci fi
2: movie. Yeah. I knew
0: it was it was made for TV. That
2: being said, I'm impressed with the amount of practical effects.
0: Yeah. Knowing what sci fi usually does. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I think probably because the, the effects were so low scale that they just went practical. If they were like big fucking CGI monsters, they probably would have gone with CGI effects. But yeah. Um, no, yeah. I, like it, it was fun for what it was. Like I said, it took for fucking ever to get to the point. But aside from that, it was fine. <laughs> Only one person I recognized in this whole movie. Was it Mitch? Huh? Was it Mitch? No, it was um, I recognized Mitch, but I don't know what from. It was uh
2: Beth. Beth, I hear you calling? What is she from? Uh she's in that show uh working moms. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't watched that. That's the one with um Maureen Ponderosa. Yep. It's actually pretty funny. I thought it was gonna be kind it of a chick funny. It looks pretty funny. but yeah, she's the only one I recognized. I recognize the guy that played Mitch, Steve Lund. Oh, he's on Shits Creek. Um, (laughs) Oh I've started that show Oh it's
0: so good four times now. Oh it's so
2: good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) Everybody tells me that show is so fucking good. And like I start it and it's funny, I get some laughs out of it, but I've never made it past like the first like four or five episodes before I just like like I don't know, I fall asleep and then just never come back to it or just lose interest or what, but Everybody just insists that show's so fucking funny. It is. Does it get better? I mean it's it's not bad. It's just not like enough for me to keep going back, I guess. Does it does it get funnier as it goes on? I don't know. I thought it was pretty even keeled the whole time. Okay. And it's
2: not like laugh out loud like slapstick or anything. Sure. No, I mean like you, you it's you, very, I mean it's it's a character show. Like sure. you have to get a feel for the characters. Like Eugene Levy
0: is Eugene Levy and um, um, Catherine, O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara I mean they're classic I've loved them ever since uh, fucking SCTV but um, and uh, Chris Elliot oh yeah um, Cabin Boy <laughs> <laughs> okay um, He uh, he's always funny but like the kids, I just not really, I don't really get them. I don't really think they're that funny. Nah. Yeah. Um, the the girl, um, Stevie, she's oh, she's funny sometimes, but I don't know. It's just, maybe it's just not
2: for me. Yeah, that's probably too smart for
0: you. Yeah, that's probably the case. Because I love that dumb humor, you know.
2: <laughs> Speaking of dumb humor, back to the banana splits. <laughs> um, no. But actually, there's not a lot of humor in this. Like, I mean, it's, you laugh at the ridiculousness of it. Sure. But it, it, there's not a lot of, like, jokes. No, not really. Which is funny, because, like, if you look on IMDb, it says comedy, horror, sci-fi. <laughs> Sh- sure. I guess robots. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a great movie. Oh, no. It's not, it's not all that bad either, I guess. Um I wish it didn't drag through so much of the movie, like it actually get to the point. There's so much not even really character building. It's just so much story. It's like, okay, I'm not watching this for the story. Let's get to the <laughs> point here. Um and uh but once it does get to it, the effects are pretty good. Um and uh I I was entertained. So, um
2: think of it as seven that's a, I, yeah that's what I was thinking too I, I had I had fun with it um, I didn't think it, it dragged that much you know like yeah there's a lot of tr- trying to explain what's going on with the you know the function and the programming of the the robots but that whole part was really kind of glossed over I think yeah it, it it took me a while to realize that it was actually like the guy programming it that way, and not just like a bug. Right.
0: No real explanation why he was doing that either, unless he knew the show was being canceled or what. that's
2: the impression I got. But I don't know how he would have known that. Anyway, anyway, yeah, it's. I mean, you know, if you if you have cable, then it's on Sci Fi. You can watch it on demand. Fuck it. I was watching this on the app. Is like when you pause it, it has this little synopsis, and it's like a maniac in a dog suit kills people during the per- the taping of a children's show. I'm like, nope, <laughs> swing <and> a miss. <laughs> that's Shouldn't like you guys know
0: what this movie's about. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's
0: like the Kmart version of a, of the synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So that's that. Yeah. Next up is a movie adapted from the novella by Stephen King and Joe Hill. It is a Netflix movie called In the Tall Grass.
1: Did you hear that? Someone out there.
0: Cal. Becky! Something's not right about this. I think we should head back to the road. Becky? Travis? Who are you? What's going on? I came looking for you! What? How did you get here before us? I don't know. My boy, he's lost in here too.
1: This is nuts!
0: It's only a field.
1: What's happening? He
0: went way! I'm never gonna find her.
1: You can find things. But it's easier once they're dead.
2: How long have we been here? I'm not sure.
1: That sounded like me.
0: This field doesn't make any sense. i name one thing in here that does.
2: <sighs> you think this is just chance? We're all here for a reason. Okay! Oh, my God.
0: All right, so In the Tall Grass, uh, like I said, is based on the novella by uh, Stephen King and son Joe Hill. This, as far as I can recall, was their first collaboration. Now, I'm kind of in an awkward position here, at least for me. I haven't read this before. So, I this is my only experience with this story.
2: God damn, excuse me. Tony's drunk. <laughs>
0: Drunk on life. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Idiot. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> uh, this is directed by Vincenzo N- Ntali, um, who I think probably is most well-known for directing Cube. Oh, yeah. in Cube! <laughs> um, th- so there are two people in this that I recognize. One is Patrick Wilson, who has just been in every fucking thing ever. Um <laughs> And uh also the guy he plays um Travis he was in do you ever see that movie Upgrade? No 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 okay well he, he was in that and that's aside from that, everybody else in this I, I don't recognize it at all. Oop gro Oop Um. anyway, so like I said, this is a Netflix movie uh, so you can you can watch that faux flee. Well, for if you have Netflix. eleven ninety nine a month or whatever Netflix costs now, yeah, or if you borrow it from somebody else, did you hear Netflix is trying to crack down on that? Yeah, it's like good fucking luck, right? Like, how are they going to do that? <laughs> um. Anyway, so this movie, uh, I guess you could say it focuses on uh, Becky and Cal, uh, who are two siblings that are um, traveling to San Diego. Now, from what I'm reading about San Diego. A whale's vagina uh from what I understand so she's going to San Diego because she's actually uh, six months pregnant and there's a family there that uh, wants her baby because she's going to give it up um, and they're going they're going to San Diego to to meet the family that sounds like that's different from what the book is because it sounds like they're just going there to live with their aunt until the baby's born. So I mean, obviously there's some already some some differences between this and the book. Um, so they're driving through. Does it ever actually say where they are? No, I didn't think so. But it's the middle of the country, right? So yeah, somewhere in the the Midwest, Nebraska or something. Yeah, or or the plain lands, which are apparently different. I don't. Somebody told me that. I I can't remember who. I can't remember when. But well, somewhat recently somebody told me that there's a difference between the Midwest and the Plain Plain States. I don't know that I've ever heard the term plain lands before. Oh really? Yeah, like th- there's the Great Plains and then the Midwest, which is two different things. So it's gotta be like
2: Nebraska or Kansas. It's gotta be one of those. Could be. Oh, you know what? It must be Kansas because she said you know. She did say something about going back to Topeka. Yeah. So it must be Kansas.
0: Okay. So that makes sense. <clears throat> I'm assuming they're coming from Maine. Probably. Although Travis in his car, he has a, a map of Michigan. I don't know if that necessarily means he's from Michigan, but, um, and my computer's dead. Okay. So um, they are traveling through uh, the Plain States and, and they're in, you know, just r- this really rural area, a lot of farmland. Um, and, as they're driving along and driving along, and there's are uh, surrounded on either side by this tall grass, huh? The titular
2: tall grass? Well, just on one side,
0: isn't there? Because there's, there's the church fence. on the other side. Well, sure, but the church is surrounded by tall grass, isn't it? I don't think so. I'm gonna go watch it again. <laughs> um, they pull over because uh, Becky starts to feel sick. And she leans out to throw up, and while they're just kind of while she's just kind of sitting there, with you know hanging half out of the car, uh, trying to recover,
2: she hears a, a a boy, a young boy, a young boy <laughs> playing <laughs> Tilly Winks. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> he's shouting for help, and um. Canadian supernatural. Um. Yeah, he's, he's somewhere in this tall grass shouting for help. And Becky says, You know, we got to go in there and, and help him. The boy's saying, You know, I've been in here for days. I'm lost. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to make it back to the road and I can't find my way. I keep getting turned around. So Cal goes and parks the car over at the church across the street and they make their way into the grass and start. I mean, this, this stuff is like, is like, like corn stalks there it's just this really tall tall grass so Um, it's not just a clever name it's not just
2: a clever name it's like does grass like that really exist or did just make this up yeah i i feel like grass like bends when it gets like six inches tall (laughs) like
0: yeah yeah fuck i mean it it looked like it was just on stalks yeah like if you were not really focused on the grass itself you'd think it was like a corn stalk right um but they're making their way through the grass and, you know, there's like, the kid says his name is Tobin and, um, you know, Cal is just saying, Hey, you know, Tobin, keep, keep talking, you know, let us hear your voice so we can know where to, where to find you. And it's weird, especially cause I mean, assume you're watching it on this, but you know, I have the surround sound. So it was weird because the, whenever Tobin would call out, it was coming from a different direction. Oh. So I think this movie really will benefit from surround sound. Yeah, um, I can you, see that if you have it. Um, but every time Tobin would call out, said "I'm over here," "I'm over here," it would come from a different direction, and so you know Cal especially is just getting so turned around that he doesn't know really where to go. And he says, "Tobin, stop moving. We're gonna come to you. Just keep calling your voice calling
2: out, and we'll we'll come to you." He's like, "I'm not moving." <laughs> um. And then like him and Becky get separated. So then he starts looking for Becky and he's, you know, he's walking along. He says, Becky, say something. And she says something and he says, you know, keep talking. And all of a sudden she's on the other side and he's like, oh, I, I went past you somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they get
0: lost in this tall grass and they're, they're not far away from the road. I mean, probably maybe a couple hundred feet. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't that... have gone
2: far. It's, it hasn't been very long. Yeah.
0: Um, But they are lost. Like, they're trying to find their way back to the road, and they're just having no luck. Um, And night starts to fall, and, you know, they're still lost. I think, yeah, they're still separated from each other. And um, he's walking through, or Becky is walking through the grass, and suddenly, out of nowhere, um, shows up Patrick Wilson. And what is his name? Russ. Uh, Russ is it Russ or Ross Ross? Yeah. Ross. Right. Uh, he just pops up out of nowhere and he says, Hey, I'm, I'm in here trying to find my boy. And she's like, Tobin. And she's like, yeah, I'm trying to I've been in here all day trying to find him and my wife. Um, he's like, I know the way back to the road. So just follow with me and, and I'll get you back there. It's like, I can't find them, but I know where the road is. Um, so she follows off with him and I think, movie gets a little confusing yeah a little (laughs) i think it comes back to cal who's wandering through the woods
2: and does he find tobin i don't know if that's at this point but he does it at one point hold on (laughs) yes and then tobin takes him to the rock right right
0: yeah to, uh yeah, and so he leads them to this rock, and off in the distance they hear Becky scream, and so uh Cal goes running after him or running after her, and I think that's kind of where it ends right there, yeah and then then it jumps forward, and we're introduced to Travis, who I mean it's never oh well, it's not. Later on, it's pretty, it's explained that he is the father of Becky's child, but at this point, it's it's pretty obvious. Yeah. He's out looking for Cal and Becky, um, and he happens to pass this church where um, Cal had parked the car, and he actually sees Cal's car sitting there. So he backs up, and he's checking it out, and there's a nice little touch right here. There's a Plymouth Fury sitting in the parking lot.
2: Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it was it
0: was a it's a different Fury, like a different model than the one that was in Christine. But same, you know, it was a Plymouth Fury. Was, I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, and it wasn't really focused on. It was just kind of like just something
2: that was there. Yeah, I had California plates too. Did it? I didn't notice. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's uh, like, I I remember the car, but it didn't it didn't click. In my head until just when you yeah. said that. Um, so yeah, he
0: pulls over and he looks inside Cal's car, which is just coated in in
2: dirt. Like it's just, it looks like it's been there for, for months, I'd say. Yeah, the um, burrito that Cal was eating is in there and it's just like moldy and covered in maggots. Mm-hmm. And then he, he goes in the church, which is surprisingly well kept. Like, like it didn't,
0: like it looks like really run down from the outside, but yeah, the inside actually is pretty and- nice. Um, and it's just like an old, you know, evangelical church, you know, something you'd see in like the mid, you know, the middle States or even in the South. And then he, he goes out to the grass and he's hearing, must be Tobin. He hears Tobin too, yeah. He hears Tobin shouting and he goes into the grass and now he's of course. In the tall grass. (laughs) You know, it's it's like the title says, it's like in the tall grass. It's a (laughs) tie-in. It's a tie-in. Um, and so now, you know, the movie, it circles around all these characters trying to get out of this field that seemingly has no end. Um, they're, they're constantly moving around um, and never in the same place or the same day. <laughs> um, it's like, that's such an integral part of the movie and I don't really want to give it away. Yeah. I'm kind of I kind of got my hands tied here.
2: There's a lot of like mystery to this one that you don't want to give away.
0: Yeah, I mean, like just it, it's it basically Stephen King is really no stranger to uh, time loops, um, and this is kind of right there with that element. Um, and I, I won't go into detail about that because it's kind of important um, that you see it for yourself, but. <clears throat> Yeah, it's just, you know, all these characters are constantly just getting wrapped up in these time loops and trying to find each other seemingly over and over again. And, you know, fighting against these, um, well, basically like a singular, um, like malevolent being that is trying to get them to, I don't know, s- submit to
2: like some kind of, Grass God, some kind of greater, yeah, greater <laughs> being to the rock. To the, yeah. he's like the rock says, yeah, it doesn't. He's gonna take this size thirteen, turn it sideways, and shove it straight up your Rudy Pooh candy ass.
0: Yeah, you know, like the rock says. Yeah, that's those are the things. That if, he says. if you
2: smell what he's cooking,
0: <laughs> oh, I smell it. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, I think it's yeah synopsis i think that's i think that's gonna be it taylor what did you think boy howdy this is a wild one it really was like i like it wasn't like super deep but at the same time she's like i'm trying i feel like i'm trying to keep up yeah especially
2: that first loop yeah It's like what just happened <laughs> yeah i remember being like what <laughs> and just thinking like being like, you know, kind of on the edge of my seat, just going, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, people that are dying are coming back in the next scene and you're just like, wait, hang on, <laughs> I need to catch up. And then at the end, it just gets even weirder somehow. Yeah. And there's this
0: interesting concept of um, like, so the field is constantly moving people. Like even they could be standing completely still and it would move them. If like somebody's trying to look for them, the field will move
2: them to a different place. To So that's why it sounds like the voice is constantly jumping around. Like at one point, Travis, he's following the sun. And so he just keeps looking up and you know heading in the direction of the sun. And then he looks up and the sun's gone. Mm-hmm. And he like turns around and it's behind him or something. Right. Um, And,
0: but there, there's this interesting thing where the field doesn't move dead things. Right. So it's like you can use a dead thing as like kind of an anchor almost. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting. But yeah, like I, I, I kind of want to read the book now because uh, I want to see how similar this was because it did definitely have kind of a similar feel to um, Gerald's game. Yeah. As far as like storytelling went. Um, but, you know, like the fact that, uh, Vincenzo Natale directed Cube, I think that played well into this type of movie. Sure. Because when you're trying to tell a story that's constantly shifting and, you know, looping back on itself and, you know, just kind of a cluster, big confusing clusterfuck of moving parts, it's like, it's important that you have somebody at the helm that kind of knows how to manage something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that actually did pretty well. Um,
2: The story wasn't all that exciting. I didn't think. No, it's not exciting. It's much more of of a mystery Mm -hmm. and a, uh, a real kind of thinker than, you know, a a fast paced action thrill ride. Right. Um, It definitely did have aspects. And
0: like, uh, like I said, I haven't read the book, so I'm, going entirely off of what I saw on screen, but I did pick up some elements of both Stephen King and Joe Hill's like story stylings, Um, you know, where Stephen King is obviously more horror oriented and Joe Hill has more of a fantastical style to his writing. Um, And I thought those two different kind of aspects were represented well in the story
2: um you would know better than me yeah i don't really have a point of reference on that yeah um yeah i was surprised (laughs) how quickly like we jumped right into things like you're like two minutes in and they're in the grass already Mm -hmm. like i saw you know it's an hour and 41 minutes i think was it yeah didn't seem that long and so i was like really shocked that things got going that quickly
0: yeah it yeah you really didn't waste time as far as like you know making sure that yeah, they're in the grass and now the story's starting and you better start fucking paying attention um the big reveal, well not so much the reveals, but like the kind of the twists and turns those seem to come a little later yeah it's it's a lot of like okay, they're lost in the grass. And they're lost in the grass, and they're lost in the grass. And clearly, there's something
2: supernatural going on. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like you kind of start to put things together yourself. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this movie does a really good job of not like spelling things out for you. Like it mm -hmm. lets you figure the things out. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, it gives you all the tools to do it. Right. Um, So it's not too smart and it's not too dumb. Right. Which is like
0: describes us perfectly. (laughs) Well, I don't know. We're pretty dumb. (laughs) We're not too dumb, though. Uh,
2: well, sometimes.
0: <laughs> hey, Taylor.
2: Are you enjoying your <laughs> shrimp? See, like that. That's too dumb. She's <laughs> like, oh, hey, let's quote <laughs> SNL from 1988. <laughs> for five days straight. <laughs> We're and cool. walk around like George Jefferson for some reason. <laughs> Oh, good, <laughs> good stuff.
0: Um, anyway, how long have we been talking about this?
2: Uh, almost twenty minutes. Okay. I will say, like, when it got to the the end, and there was like it started getting really weird. I was a little turned off by that because it just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. Yeah, like all of a sudden there was these creatures. Yeah, yellow, like there was like creatures. Yeah, there was like no tease of those at any point. No, but all of a sudden there's just like these, yeah, these weird grass monsters or whatever. It's weird because the rock has like these etchings on it. Those these are these, tattoos, like the Brahma Bull. Yeah. <laughs> you no,
0: know, it has like these these carvings on it that actually kind of spell out the story a little bit. Yeah, but, it's
2: like a prophecy, but they're completely out of context at that point. So it's just... and they don't do anything. <laughs> they don't lead anywhere. Well, I mean, they tell you what's already happened.
1: <laughs> well, well,
0: there are hints at upcoming things, but you don't like you don't really know what to make of them. It's like that's that's completely uh, irrelevant to me right now
2: because I don't have any context. Yeah. Um, but, but at least at least I didn't have this moment where like something happened and I went, oh, like like the rock, like the rock says. <laughs> Yeah, there's no real
0: explanation of what the rock is, um, you know, or what, what it what what, what powers it, it has. Yeah, all I know is it has these creatures that serve it or something. Uh, and they're like members of Blue Swede or something.
2: <laughs> and when you touch it, it like does something to you, and you start hearing Ooga Chaka. Ooga chaka. <laughs> Ah um, but no i
0: mean it was it was good i mean i it was it was it was a head scratcher like for a long portion of the movie yeah um even when like things start kind of like turning inwards and like looping around and like you're not really sure what to make of it at first um it's still just like like what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's very Stephen King. It is. Yeah. And, um, and like I said, you know, they kind of, so the horror elements scream Stephen King and the kind of the fantastical, um, you know, uh, not, not so much religious, but, um, I I don't,
2: I don't know what word I'm trying to think of. Divine, I, I guess, to, yeah, it doesn't seem like the right word, but it's the first one that comes to mind. But that that kind of stuff, like the stuff
0: with the rock and like kind of the meaning behind it, and that, that was very Joe Hill to me. Um, so like I said, you know, they're, they're, their styles were, although they're very similar, um, were both pretty well represented, I thought, and it kind of makes, like I said, want makes me want to read the book to see how it compares. I mean, obviously it's different just from that first part that I read. Um and, you know, Stephen King adaptations are always so much different than what you see on screen. Or what you read and what you see on screen are always so different. Yeah. But
2: anyway, um Tobin, when he first comes on screen, like he's super creepy mm-hmm. at first, and then he like ends up not being like when he first comes on and he's like explaining everything to Cal, I'm like, of course, there's some creepy know-it-all kid. It's fucking Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> there's always some kid who knows everything and is creepy. Yeah, and
0: like you never really know what to expect with uh, Tobin. Well, from anyone, really. Yeah, That's true. Because it's like anybody could be, you know, part of the part of the rock. <laughs> they could have hit the rock, pound the stone, pound <laughs> the stone. <laughs>
2: Uh anyway, um have any final thoughts on this? Not really. The kid that played Tobin was like at times he seemed a little over the top. Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, but I mean, you know, child actors are always kind of a toss up. You never really know how good they're going to be. Um Patrick Wilson wasn't that annoying? Like I the character was annoying. Yeah, he was. But I don't feel like Patrick Wilson was annoying in his portrayal of it. Yeah. Him. It's like, I like Patrick Wilson as
0: an actor, but I hate that he's in so many movies that I hate. <laughs> um, but like, I think the first thing I can recall seeing him in was Watchmen. And I fucking loved him in that. Yeah. And uh, the A-Team, like his his character in that was hilarious. Well, he was, he was equal parts hilarious and an asshole. <laughs> um. Anyway. No, overall it was good. Um I enjoyed it. I don't I probably I would say I, I could see myself watching this again at some point. Maybe, you know, after I read the book, just kind of kind of reassociating Comparing it. Um but I I don't know that I'd watch it a lot or that I'd really clamor for it. It I would recommend it to Stephen King fans, I think. Yeah um i don't know how much i would recommend it to people that aren't though because i feel like they maybe won't get it <laughs> but i mean you, you seem to enjoy it to a degree
2: yeah like um, i just thought it got a little too weird at the end like yeah. i i've accepted one set of reality and now you're throwing in a new set of reality <laughs> here um yeah overall it was pretty solid though
0: um Yeah, well, I think I'll give it a s- seven. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 I was like, is it worth an eight? But then I'm like, you know, thinking of the parts I didn't like. And I'm like, no, it's it's eight's too high, I think. Yeah. Because th- if you start giving it an eight, then you're like putting it in like the upper echelon of the Stephen King movies. And I don't see, you know, someone says, what's a good Stephen King movie? Oh, the shining misery in the tall grass. No, that's not <laughs> right. So yeah, I think seven is, is fitting. Yeah. It's, yeah. Six seemed too low, but yeah, at the same time,
0: eight seemed too way too high. Yeah. Um, even seven seems a little high, but again, six seems too low and I don't do halves. So that's fucking wishy-washy bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway that's it
2: guys that's gonna wrap it up
0: that's the end of the show Uh, hope you enjoyed yourselves right Taylor? I hope so yeah we all hope
2: hope hope
0: in one hand and shit in the other and see see which which one fills up up first first. Jinx buy me a coke
2: spoiler it's gonna be the poopy one poop in your fist (laughs) I'm supposed
0: to say, I'm never buying you a Coke. <laughs> I never buy you a Coke. <laughs> okay, so... We're Let's have a
2: gonna... Donnybrook! <laughs> <laughs> you want a Tilly, boys? Okay. Um, We're going to be back in a couple of weeks where we're going to be talking about... We're going to continue our Stephen King coverage with Dr. Sleep, mm. as well as talking about Girl on the Third Floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't, I don't know what. I didn't mean that to sound like I was being turned on. <laughs> oh, I've seen the girl on the
2: third floor, and let me tell you, she is something. <laughs> She's fine. She is out of sight. <laughs> she is out of
0: sight and out her dynamite. Uh, okay, so that's going to be a special episode.
2: Why? Because. <laughs> because i said so so we're gonna sit down and talk about drugs (laughs) a very special not a
0: very special episode (laughs) a very
2: special episode of the grave plot podcast
0: taylor faces his heroin addiction
2: (laughs) i don't have a problem you have a problem i'm so scared (laughs) can we we just make that commercial (laughs)
0: Just a bunch of random <laughs> clips that make no fucking sense. Yes. <laughs>
2: yes, we can. And then, like, just some dramatic music. And use it to advertise the show? Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: uh, People be like, I don't know what the fuck this show's about, but I gotta listen.
0: Yeah. Sounds wild. And then they listen and then they hear this.
2: <laughs> like, that's not what I wanted at all. <laughs> <laughs> what did you want? When do they talk to Taylor about his drug use? <laughs> okay, so back in a couple
0: weeks, guys, um, remember to check out the Grave Plot Film Fest on Indiegogo. Is this going to be running when this comes out? It
2: Yeah, this comes out on like the 6th or something. Something or other? Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, this airs on the 6th, and so you'll have a couple days left by the time this airs. So, so get on it quick. Yeah, give us money because we're...
0: <laughs> help, help, <laughs> help me, I'm poor. poor.
2: Jinx, buy me a Coke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never buy you a Coke. Uh, oh, this is this is that really dumb part that we were talking <laughs> about. Uh, Taylor, before we... What am I doing? I don't know what I'm saying right now.
2: Uh, before the next episode, where can people find us? They can find us at GravePlotPodcast.com as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts, except Spotify. Uh, give us a rating and review. Send us an email that's you did. We'll send you some free things. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as grave plot Podcast, or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And if you want to contribute monetarily to the show in exchange for some exclusive content, head over to Patreon.com slash GravePlotPodcast. And of course, check out GravePlotFilmFest.com the 2020 Grave Plot Film Fest will take place February 1st, 2020, at Arc Lodge Cinemas in Seattle, Washington. Submissions are still being taken, although there is a late fee as of now. Uh, and tickets are on sale now. Yes, yeah, sir. All right, guys. What we'll did ca- you say, yeah,
0: sure? <laughs> what I meant to say was yes, sir, but what I did say was, yeah, sure. Sir. <laughs> sir. <laughs> We're just going up to Canada for some French fries and gravy.
2: Littering and. (laughs) Uh, Okay, end the show. (laughs) That movie's great. (laughs) Okay, guys, uh, we'll catch up with you next
0: episode. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside.